let's ask the man who's in charge yeah. of him right now, and that is uh, Shane Tritton, who joins us all the way from Pine Bush in the United States. Uh, Shane, good morning or good evening to you, your time. Thanks for joining us on Big V Racing. No worries, guys. How's it going? Yes, we're very well, thank you. But the big question from us is, how's Lock and Varart settled in? Yeah, no, he's been uh, he's been very good. We obviously took our time with him and just let him settle in and uh, starting a bit of, a bit of training for the last month just to just to get him back loose again. And no, he's been really been perfect. You know, we've had no complaints, and you know he's feeling good in himself and he looks good and he's healthy. So that was the that was the first stage of things and. Now we can hopefully keep moving forward and and get him get him back to the races. Shane is leaving sort of spring here, going into your autumn. I think in the northern hemisphere, so not dissimilar climates. Uh, has it affected him at all? No, not yet. You know, it was a you know a pretty good time to come over in the sense that the, the seasons weren't too dis- different when he got here. Um, it is going to start to get cold now. Um, today was our first bit of a cold day you know it was like minus maybe minus four degrees celsius today so it uh it certainly probably would have been a little bit of a shock to his system but um i'd much rather him be coming over you know getting coming into the cold weather than bring him from the cold into the hot weather so um you know he'll acclimatize and i'm sure um you know by the time he gets racing uh you know, he'll be, he'll be well acclimatised to it. Well, if it makes him feel any better, you can just tell him that it's not all that warm here at the moment in Melbourne. He's not missing out on, on too much, Shane. Hey, uh, we, were just, just, we were just chatting about um, he's, what, what, what you actually do with horses like this in the United States when they've had minor bleeding issues. What is it that you do to get him right to race? So, basically, um, you know, it's been a real eye-opener for us since we left Australia just to understand... Um, the different types of racing and the different animals here. It, it is quite a, an eye-opener in the sense that um, bleeding for a racehorse is probably a lot more prevalent in, in Australia than we would probably give it credit for. Um, it's very much on the minds of people here all the time and the horses are always getting checked for it. There's a bet at the races that scopes them after the races and you know we can monitor it um, you know, as soon as it looks like it might start to happen then you know we can put them on some medications and it kind of starts the dosage low and you can build your way forward so that you're lessening the chance of them ever having uh, a serious bleed where in Australia we kind of don't do that so you're kind of just waiting for the signs that it's happening and then you start to try and fix it so it is a little bit different here and um, it's certainly been a learning curve and uh, for him now it's just a matter of it was more the time he just his lungs probably just needed some time to heal um, once that's happened, then we can start him on some medications to prevent it from happening again. And once you do that, then you kind of stay ahead of the eight ball and, um, you know, he should be not having an issue with bleeding moving forward anyway. That, that, that would be the goal. Shane, are you allowed to use medication there that we don't allow in Australia? Because I know, like, the Gallop is often in the race book or in the program that have Lasix or something beside them that, that nominate a particular drug the horse was on. Yes, um, it is... Uh, I guess they've kind of come up to their reasoning here in this country that a lot of the medications, um, although it's detectable, they like I'm talking other than Lasix. So Lasix is a, is a medication that they're allowed to use on race day. It's administered by a veterinarian that's employed by the track. Um, so then that, that's a, a product that's used to prevent bleeding. So you know once you've got a horse that may be suspect to bleeding. 
Um, you can put them on Lasix, and it, it just pre- it's more of a preventative, so it kind of prevents it from happening. Um, but there is a lot of other treatments here that, you know, um, say with uh, phenylbutazone in Australia, like you can basically can't use that seven days out, um, where here it's more like 48 hours. So what they've done is they realise that you can pick it up through a swab through a certain period of time, just to the level that they pick it up at is a higher level. So it means that you can use it closer to the race to go below that to go below that threshold. Um, so you know, it's just a really just a point of view from what they deem as a positive is is you know they they work out when the, when the treatment is no longer benefiting the horse. So therefore, you can use it closer to the race. Where in Australia, it's, it's along the lines of when they can detect it, um, you know, which pushes that that withholding period right out, which kind of defeats the purpose of being able to use it. So there, there is a lot of drugs like that here that mm. we can use within the rules, um, as long as it's um, you know to a point where it's not going to be detectable in the race at a certain threshold. Shane, given that Lock and Barrett had a bleed, and obviously other horses in your stable, I would imagine have as well. Do you alter their feed after that? I mean, sometimes guys that take out a bit of loose and hay, a bit of grain, things like that, or chaff. Do you alter the feed at all? No, it's more. Um, it's more just trying to help them with the effect of medication. So, like, we might increase their potassium intake, or you know, even their um, what you would call loose and hay, which we call alfalfa. We, you know, that potassium in it so you might sort of give them that a bit more after they've had a fast work with Lasix but as far as the bleeding part of it um, you know realistically as much as this country is you know built on horses that are getting treated for bleeding there probably wouldn't be as many bleeding in this country as there is in Australia because a lot of the horses are getting treated to prevent it so you know you kind of you wouldn't I wouldn't think I've got as many horses bleeding in my stable um, through hard work or racing, as was I probably did have in Australia, but I wasn't aware of it. So, you know, it's, it's more of a case that you just try and help them with any type of medications that you're using and then try to counter any, you know, sometimes Lasix might dehydrate them or, or reduce their potassium intake. So you have to sort of make sure you're keeping up on that. But, um, yeah, it's not really... You probably We probably do change the way we train them a little bit, um, but not as much as how we feed them or, or how we treat them. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear how different jurisdictions around the world um, view a, an issue differently and, and, and try and um, work around the issue in different ways. Um, in terms of what Lock and Varart's racing campaign looks like, Shane, um, w- what, what does it look like? When will we actually see him commence his campaign? Yeah, so we're we're kind of giving him maybe a little bit of extra time that he needs just due to the fact that we're going into our winter and we don't really want to press him um, too early in the season because then he's obviously coming out of winter, then then the summer kicks in and that's when a lot of his racing will, will occur. So he probably won't get to the track until, you know, maybe early February. Um, you know, he might do a few things before that to get ready, but um, that will probably be when he starts racing. And then at that we'll make a decision on because this, this country is so different you, you've got to make your decisions in February what races you're going to go in all year because you've got to pay yep. a staking fee um, to be able to get in them and that starts in February so um, we kind of need to make a decision on how big his year is going to be um, before we probably get into the races so it's going to be a little bit tough to do that but um, his first big series is called the uh, we call it the Levy I think it's called the Bagada now but it's at Yonkers it's kind of like our Inter Dominion it's a six-week series. Um, they race five weeks in a row for around 50000 and then there's a, 
about a six or seven hundred thousand dollar final at the end of it. Um, so that'll be his first main aim, and based on what he does in that, we'll probably determine how how big a year he has after that. Yeah, there's there's no doubt Australian um, trots fans would love to see him racing in Australia, but it is going to be very exciting to see what he can do on the world stage as well. Just for you guys, what what is it? What does it mean to have a, a horse like Lock and Varart um, in your stable? Like he's one of the most high-profile paces we've had in Australia in recent times. What's it like to have him uh, in your backyard? Yeah, it's kind of been the, the part that we we go there and we work him every day, and we're kind of trying to keep the brakes on things. So we kind of haven't um, let it, you know, sink in. I guess once we start fast working him and start to feel what's under the bonnet, I guess you'd say it might start to sink in. But at this point, you know, we really have just treated him, you know, like a horse that's coming back from a break and, you know, he's just been jogging and, you know, we kind of don't try to treat him, you know, we don't want to raise expectations too much because we, we don't want to, you know, at the end of the day, our main focus was to get him healthy and happy and getting through the transition of being here. And, and he's kind of done that. Um, but to say that we're not excited is that, you know, I was just talking to a guy today about it and, you yeah, kind of start to realise the type of horse he is and what he's done and there hasn't been many horses like him come so um, we're hoping that we can do him justice and you know we're certainly going to give him every opportunity to do that Shane what sort of mile rate is he going to have to run over there to win oh, uh, it depends obviously where he races like I've, I've got a horse now called Nandolo and he took a mark of 50 flat um, on on a half mile track so similar to Penrith um, he's he done that this year. And he's he's probably been my most accomplished horse since we've been here. He raced um, against Bulldog Hanover, where Bulldog Hanover went forty five and four Holy for the hell. mile. Mm. And uh, I think we run eighth in the race. I think my guy paced a uh, paced a mile in forty six and four. His last quarter in twenty five and two, and he and he and he ran eighth. So. Um, <laughs> It can be scary, I guess, when you start thinking about what you've got to do to be dominant. Um, but, you know, we know at the end of the day, he's probably one of, if not the best, most accomplished horse to come here. And um, if we can get him healthy and happy, then I'm sure there's still plenty there to offer for him. We're talking with Shane Tritton, who's in the American Lock of Our Arts, joining him. Lauren and driving over there, Shane. Did it take much to get used to their style? I mean, they, they tend to lay well back on the bike. They're almost horizontal, aren't they? Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's been such an eye-opener in that point of view too because the way the races are run here, it's, you know, we're used to, especially Lauren, she she built a career on going out there and doing whatever she wanted, she felt like the horse could do. Where here, it's, it's a bit different, you know, the drivers, because they generally start the races on a bend, then the drivers have a lot more control over who gets to the front and who can go forward and where you slot in and when you can pull out. Um, you can't push out here, so you've either got to come before the speed or you've got to wait and go afterwards. So there is a few different things that make it tough um, to just do what Lauren used to do, and that's just power her way out of there and say, catch me if you can, you know. So it's it's something that she's getting used to, and I'd like to be able to give her a bit of power to drive too, which would be great so she can, she can get out there and show them what she can do. But she has, you know, already blown a lot of people away. You know, females don't necessarily drive a lot here, especially not professionally and um you know i think up until today she she won her last she i don't even know i think it was the last seven or eight drives she she won on so she she ran second on one today so 
she uh, she had to start the streak again. But she um, she's certainly turning some heads, and you know when she gets out there, she she certainly you know doesn't hold back. I'm tipping the blokes over there wouldn't have given the cute little blonde Aussie lady a uh, a warm welcome on the track. <laughs> Is that correct? No, it it certainly was. Uh, you know, especially some of the tracks we go to, because you know. I remember driving a winner one day, or I think we were at Tioga, and a guy come up and said, oh, congratulations, it must be exciting. Was that your first winner? And, um, you know, we kind of had to, she just sort of said, oh, yeah, thanks. You know, but it's just, yeah, they just don't, it's not even, it's not even a thought that maybe she was an accomplished driver over there. You know, it's, 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 so, it's so bizarre, and she actually drives at a track now where it's close to home, and she goes there and drives when she can, and the guys there have really accepted her and, you know, they, they they give her as much respect by making it hard for her, which, you know, she accepts and, um, you know, she's she's starting to show what she can do and, as you know, um, put Lauren on a horse, you know, more than 50% of the time she's going to win. So um, she's certainly doing good for the girls over here, that's for sure. Shane, you, you've been there for a couple of years now and the move was, was fast-tracked a little bit because of COVID at the start of 2020. Um just from an experience of a lifestyle point of view, compare Menangle to Pinebush in the United States. Yeah. Um, well, for starters, you get, I didn't realise there was four seasons. In Australia, we get very spoiled with the weather. Uh, here, you do see all the leaves fall off the trees. You do see yeah. everything get covered with snow. We do see heat. You know, you see wind. It, it certainly is four seasons. Um so that's the starters. We, we had to get used to that. But um, as far as the lifestyle, you know, we have got a, a young family and we are very focused on that, uh, which makes it a little bit tough, like for Lauren, to get to the races and drive. Um, we've kept our team fairly small. You know, we're, we're only sitting on sort of 10 to 12 racehorses and a, and a team of babies. So, you know, we are focusing on trying to keep a level balance in Australia. It got a little bit out of control, so we don't want to do that again. But... Um, with some of the horses we've got now and, you know, obviously Lock and Bar Art, we've got another masterpiece, uh, Muscle Factory. Um, there's a few horses there that, you know, once we get them to full steam ahead that I, I think uh, we're going to be able to do a little bit of damage. Shane, we uh, t- we tended to go to the 1,000-metre tracks here in Australia. I'd imagine you'd, there'd be some nice tight little tracks over there you'd go to. Oh, for sure. You know, like just the race, the ones you're driving at today, you know, it's, it's a very tight track. Um, but even like Yonkers, it's, it's a half-mile track, and if you can get into a race where they go slower than 53, then that, that's an easy one, you know. So it's, it's, it is crazy how fast they go and, and how fast the horses can go, and, um, you know, we've had to kind of get used to that because, you know, I'm sure you could imagine if you get to a half-mile track anywhere and they're going 51, you'd think that's insane, you know, the, the track record. For a half mile track in this country, it's forty seven and four. You know, so um, they certainly get moving, and you know, it doesn't matter if you're at Monticello or Yonkers or anywhere they they go as fast as they can, and um, you got to have a horse ready to do that. What's been the biggest thrill over there for you and Lauren? Gee, it's tough. You know, um, from a racing point of view, you know, it's we've had some good results. We've had a two year old this year that. Uh, Lauren drove him. He runs second in a size stakes, which over here is a big deal. You know, it's uh, it was a $104,000 race, and um, it was up at Buffalo, which is the tightest track you could imagine. And um, he's a two-year-old American Ideal colt, and 
Um, so that was great to see Lauren get out there and do that. We've we've competed in a few half million dollar races, and you know we've realised that they're pretty tough to win. <laughs> but um, you know, as, as far as what I think has been most successful is just the fact that you know we've come here basically with no owners and we've kind of built ourselves from there. And uh, Lauren's come here and built respect for female drivers, and um, I just think it's been great to to learn and. Hopefully, you know, we're, we're going in the right direction. It has been tough and, you know, it's, it's something that we need to learn about what type of horses we need um, to make it work. But we're getting a good team around us now and uh, hopefully we can start to, to knock off a few of these bigger races next year and maybe Lock and Barrett might be the spearhead of that. <laughs> Shane, it's been great to follow your journey over the last couple of years and we'll certainly be following it with an even closer eye over the next couple of months as we look forward to seeing Lock and Varart step out the uh, the US for the first time. Thanks for your time this morning on Big V Racing and we'll catch up soon. No worries, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Shane. Shane Tritton joining yeah. us there. Uh, great to get an update on, on Lock and Varart.